The issue of prison reform in the form of education and vocational training has often been a neglected conversation in India. Today I'm speaking to Ms. Elena George and Dr. Gauri Sharma, who are senior fellows of Turner Concern into Action Foundation and co-founders of Project Unlearn. Ms. George and Dr. Sharma, in coordination with their colleagues, have developed education and life skills materials to support literacy programs among inmates in Indian prisons. We will be speaking to them today about the curriculum that they are now teaching in Tihar Jail. So welcome, Gauri and Alina. My first question to you guys would be, how did you get into this line of work and how long have you been involved? Um, firstly, thank you for giving us this opportunity. I think uh, we've been, it's, I think it's a good platform for us to even talk about our project and the importance of uh, reformation in a prison setting. So yeah, taking your question, I had not imagined myself working in the criminal justice system ever. This was uh, soon after my post-graduation when I got this opportunity to uh, do a two-month internship with this organization called Dicea Foundation. And now it's been three years, I guess, yeah, more or less three years. And during this internship, I was introduced to this whole idea of creating a functional school inside the prison in jail number five in Tihar Jail. So I didn't really get a chance to go inside the prison then. I was working from the headquarters, prison headquarters, and we were doing the need assessment and everything. So we had an interaction with the inmates. Little later, we had an interaction with the jail authorities and other staffs to understand, to get the whole picture of how the school should be set up. So my internship got over, but I wanted to work a little more with this organization on this project. And I decided to do a fellowship with the same organization. And uh, that time I got this opportunity to go inside the prison and start taking classes and teaching them. So the inmates are aged between 18 to 21 years old and uh, all male. And I don't have a background in teaching or or developing curriculum. So uh, it was a year-long fellowship. And with all the learnings and experience I had with the prison, that motivated me to continue working till late for the criminal justice system. Yeah. Over to you, Bari. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity. Uh, for me, it's a slightly different uh, story. I've, I have always been very interested, uh, you know, to understand uh, uh, the prison and the uh, and to study the prisoners. So, and I got this opportunity during my master's time uh, when I was doing my master's in social work. And I did my specialization in criminology and rehabilitation. But after that, I worked on like different issues like education and child labor, disability and so on. But uh, for me, it was always, my bent was always towards uh, working with the prison and the prisoners. So I decided to pursue my further studies and I studied on the uh, children of prisoners. Then I did my PhD on rehabilitation of prisoners. And that's when I got this opportunity to work with Turn Your Concern into Action. And uh, yeah, so it was absolutely brilliant because, I mean, I had... Uh, I have done my uh, PhD on rehabilitation, 
but uh, as alina has already mentioned that you know we both are working inside tihar uh, jail number 5 where i got this opportunity to understand the reformation aspect at the ground level and from there on uh, you know build it towards the rehabilitation aspect which is where like uh, yes elena and i we both are working like towards the uh, building a curriculum for the inmates as well as we've also started this new initiative which is named as kunji where we've created this booklet and a helpline for post release right. support prisoners so yeah okay that sounds very interesting so tell us a little bit more about the curriculum that you have designed how is it different from the average school curriculum like we said we both of us uh, gauri i and there was this colleague of mine uh, of our stabish three of us uh, started as fellows and we did not have this background of teaching or, or education or making curriculum and uh, when we uh, started teaching them inside our whole idea was to engage them when i say them i mean the inmates for two and a half hours or one and a half hours max in a day time and in the jail things the majority of the populations are under trials so they are uh, uh, their stay in the prison is is in in minimum for one for one day or two day or a max of two four three to four years so and in majority like if i say if i take an average there's a population which will stay for three to four months so so we had to cater to them because we wanted uh them to take away something from our class that's one second is since they are school dropouts their um, their attention span is pretty low so and they don't see value in education because they had left school because because either they uh, their experience in the school was not good enough or something must have happened uh, uh, that because of which they did not continue their schooling when they were outside so a common narrative which we hear in the prison is bahar nahi pada to andar aake kya pad lenge which which is like common in the prison so so our whole idea was to make them realize the value of education and uh, engage them in some discussion in so that they feel they are part of something and they can take a good memory from a prison and we wanted prison to prison is usually seen now the prison is seen as a correctional institution and we wanted them to realize that this is just like a phase in their life where they can learn something and they can move out of the prison and relive um, re- go back to their uh, life um, in a better form so so the curriculum is uh, not book or textbook oriented we have a lot of discussion that takes place we we ensure that we are um, we, we just go there as facilitators and not as teacher there's a lot of games which we so these people have this tendency of playing uh, cards uh, so they make uh, 52 deck those those cards from their own hand so we realize that this is like a good Uh, opportunity for us to take those texts into an education uh, a curriculum and we started playing cards with them we started playing board games with them they once we were able to attain that trust they started sharing their stories and the cases with us and uh, gradually uh, we took their cases and their questions in a form of a comic book so we started touching upon different topics like boxo dowry uh, domestic violence etc all crime against women because 
this was close to our heart as well and we felt that this was really important for us to engage to, to start a conversation on these topics and we started uh, teaching them through comic books they started reading comic books and so the quest so the common questions which they have were uh, were, were taken care of through class discussion yeah gauri would you like to add something and i'll just like uh, re-emphasize that you know what really sets our curriculum apart is that a i mean we are yes we call it a school but we are going in, like we're teaching adults over there who are 18 and above and secondly like you know parts of our content or most of our content is based on their stories so our entire uh, you know vision is that i mean we don't want to like teach them anything but we are also like trying to help them internalize so that uh, we can finally see a behavioral change in them and that also reflects uh, in like reduction of uh, recidivism Yeah, I think I think to add to that. Um, so since they are adults, we cannot really teach them in any mainstream schools. Um, so we started using like a whole word approach to teach them language. But the only twist is that we started using the vocabularies and terminologies which they are aware of, which they are familiar with, which is common in the jail setting. so so for example when we started teaching them hindi alphabets so the words which we use is kaise kot jaise chaku gaise ganja kaise parol kaise pasi so these are terms which is very common in a jail setting which they live with and uh, it was easier for them to grasp uh, these words and through these words they were able to understand the phonetics of the letters and but we also ensure that through these classes we take them to a journey from course kaise coat se kaise kaksha ganje se gamla chaku se chamach but yeah but the main idea is that we we engage them in a way so that they feel they are part of the the class and uh, they can take something away from our class once they leave the prison so the curriculum is like a 90 day is is designed in a way where in 90 days they can take something uh, from the from our classroom so yeah so are, are the students cooperative now are they excited to learn and um, what about prison authorities have they been cooperative mm, yeah jail authorities have been really supportive and i think it's only because of them that we we were able to uh, like even implement such a curriculum inside start an initiative like this of starting a, a functional school inside the prison and uh, when it comes to the inmates uh, even when like there were times yes when they were not able to see the value in education but there are students who wish to spend time inside the prison in a very different way than their usual days so they even if it is just one and a half hours or two hours sitting in the classroom talking to other inmates in a free space creating uh, discussing about their cases about whatever they feel like sharing that in itself is quite quite encouraging for them to be part of uh, the classroom setting and um, and yeah and there there have been incidents where um, in fact i'm sure gauri would add it little later like there we I mean there are students who have joined us as facilitators as peer fellows because they they liked what we did 
and they took this as an opportunity to to talk about it a little more with their fellows in their barracks and um, and in the classroom yeah yeah so yeah so taking it ahead uh, you know like uh, in like when you go inside a prison i mean it it's like you can see that yeah they they have a routine they get up in the morning and they have to have the breakfast do their chores attend classes or they have to attend to their work but uh, honestly like each and every day in a prison uh, is, is a different experience for us and at the same time the same students uh, who come to our class uh, you know you could see that one week one student would be progressing really well and the second week you would suddenly see him totally disinterested so you know like definitely the students are very cooperative uh, they are respectful and uh, it's like how it's in any class you'll have students who are a little naughty you'll have students who are very sincere and uh, so it's like that but at the same time you know what we want to share uh, again are there there are a lot of uh, of these variables which affect even in our daily work like you know if uh, there is no mulaqat you would suddenly see there's a dip in interest but at the same time like elena has already mentioned that i mean the prison authorities are very cooperative and it's because of their support and because of the other ngos working with us you know we all have been able to create this better life prison school inside the prison yeah so is there any experience that sort of stood out for you maybe one or more if you can talk about a particular experience or experiences that really had an impact or that you can you know think of off the top of your head so yeah they've been i mean they've been like many experiences uh, so like you know just on on wage general basis talking uh, when students uh, they come up to us and they tell us that you know like besides like what we are teaching them in the classroom but they come up and they uh, share something about uh, their life and they try to connect it with our teaching so that is also uh, motivating for us uh, at the same time has elena has already mentioned that you know inside the prison we have selected like uh, around 4 to 5 uh, inmates and they have now joined us as uh, peer fellows and they help us and support us in conducting the classes so when we see them conducting the classes or the assessments you know we feel really happy but uh, one of the things that has really struck me is uh, when few of uh, our students uh, you know they got released but they came back to the prison and you know when i met them i was like we were just generally talking and they were like that you know i mean because for some people it was like you know they didn't get support uh, for some they were like that there was some incident uh, that happened and they were again picked up and now they are back inside the prison so that really got us thinking that you know i mean yes we all are working inside the prison on reformation but at the same time once they move out of the prison uh, you know this population suddenly gets forgotten because of yeah. several reasons yeah. like stigma and taboo attached so yeah so that was one thing and that's why this rehabilitation initiative that we started we just felt that you know it will just help us bridge that gap yeah so elena would you like to add something here yeah i mean um uh, i think since it's been 3 years now and uh, there are a lot of experiences which which has uh, stood out for us the one being when i uh, bumped into one of the students in a public place 
it was it, since like i said i don't have any experience of teaching and when someone calls me ma'am in a public place that was unusual and when i turned i i i recognized that this was one of my student in the, in the prison and then we had a long chat and it was it was very different experience for me because uh, i mean like prison is a dark place to be in and when someone yeah. remembers you from the prison it's it's quite motivating and that was one and now so i have started i casually bump into a lot of students now in metros in in restaurants in other places that so sounds so very it's, very it's, fulfilling actually just <laughs> hearing about it sounds like very motivating and very fulfilling please go on yeah and I, i know frankly frankly when i share this with other people they get a heart attack when they say oh god you actually <laughs> meet them now i mean how how is it like prison mein to samajh aata hai it's it's quite um mm. they are under surveillance but are you sure you want to meet them outside and everything but it's not that they're going to eat us or if they are they are born criminals or anything of that sort they they are humans they they deserve a second chance and they were yeah. inside for whatever reasons they i mean society has a role to play here and um, and if we give them a chance to bloom they will definitely make a society society a safer place to live in so it it's it's a really good experience to bump into uh, students now once they get released and get in touch with them and uh, that's one of the ways how we started kunji us talking to them getting to know what are their challenges and uh, when they share all of that with us we are wanting to help them a little more so that we can handhold them once they get released so so yeah that's one experience so talking about i think we definitely need to talk about you know general populations and their attitudes towards um inmates or you know ex convicts we'll come to that later in the podcast so now i would like to ask you you know um i'm very curious as to what does the uh, what the typical classroom looks like like if you can paint paint a picture for me like you know what are the objects present who are the people present in this classroom yeah so the thing is that with the support of the prison authorities and uh, like the other organizations uh, so an entire ward has been converted into a school so once you enter there's a separate ward and outside the ward it's written over there better life prison school and once you enter there are like different different classrooms that have been you know allocated so there is one which is a music class Uh, they have one where is a dance class and art class and then life skills class then we have different different classes where we conduct classes and uh, so all the organizations who are working we all are inside the better life prison school uh, mm. besides that the classrooms look like any other class like if you enter uh, you would see there's a blackboard or we have a whiteboard few of the classes have a projector uh, we have posters uh, around and uh, so yeah so taking a step back i'll just mention that you know like, uh, the prison authorities have helped us over here that they have divided the classes into morning afternoon and evening batch and uh, each batch has been divided you know as per the prison uh, records as uh, uh, those who are uh, you know uh, not literate semi literate and literate and that's how the classes are conducted inside the prison and uh, each uh, class is for like 2 hours and within those 2 hours uh, we with the help of our peer fellows we've created a timetable 
and uh, where we teach them like different subjects but as you had mentioned in the beginning a lot of our focus is also on life skills then our curriculum uh, which talks a lot about the gender based violence because there are many inmates who have come in you know due to uh, probably some form of crime against women so we have a lot of open discussions on that so yeah mm-hmm. in it's like any other day we have their days where the students just don't want to study so we have a lot of fun we uh, they are very good at poetry which i think uh, elena will like take it ahead and she'll uh, talk about it so yeah so elena why don't you like yeah take this <laughs> yeah i mean uh, yeah of course adding to that i i still remember that during the internship when the school was designed changing an entire ward which was a part of jail into a school we had invited inmates to paint the entire school there are graffitis inside so so rather than calling every room has a name so we started uh, with nelson mandela classroom and the reason why we started calling it nelson mandela because he has a history of being incarcerated uh, in his life but then he came out being like really like a, like a superstar and he we wanted him to become the more like a like an idol for everyone role model and yeah. yeah a role model for everyone and that's that is how we divided these classrooms there are uh, benches and uh, the, the the tables are uh, low lying tables and there are dharis now these tables and dharis are again made in tihar itself uh, so tihar has around a lot of factories and uh, tihar themselves uh, helped us to create they they the inmates themselves created these tables for themselves and uh, the students sit around them these tables and since we have this multi grade multi level approach so the lot of activities are done so they all help each other with uh, with whatever we are doing in the class yeah it's it's lush green uh tihar is very beautiful when it comes to the appearance yeah. um yeah so yeah in a way the 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 students created the classroom for themselves with their own hands and i think it's very symbolic and and uh, it's, it's amazing actually the fact that they were actively involved in you know painting painting the room creating the furniture um i think that definitely would have a role in also how they learn within that space yeah uh, and in fact they yeah. they also have uniforms so oh, okay. to give a feeling of classroom and school right. setting so they come in the morning they wear the uniform and they sit in the class which they really love and and so and they ha- also have the responsibility to wash it to press it and keep it back in the class and that's how we uh, teach them a little about discipline how after the class they have to fold the uniform in a way and put it back to the place where it was taken from and uh, yeah so so there are different things through which we teach them a little bit about life yeah so let's talk about the people who are present like how many students do you have and you know who are how many teachers are present um, how many peer educators are present are are any of the prison authorities present inside the classroom during the class can you tell me a little bit about that in in a classroom there are around uh, 30 35 student 
and we Gauri and I take separate classes. We have peer fellows who um, one peer fellow or two peer fellows who will be assisting us while we are taking classes. And there are jail authorities who come on rounds in between. There is uh, a warden who is assigned for this particular ward, uh, but they do not interfere in our classrooms, and we do not really wish them to interfere also. But our safety and everything is taken care of, and not that it's not unsafe or anything. It's absolutely safe. And we, I, I don't know about others, but at least we feel quite safe inside. And uh, yeah, so so there are jail authorities who keep who keep coming on the rounds, but they don't really interfere and interfere in our classes. And that's also because that's going to help the students to open up a little more. And that's one place where they are not under surveillance as such. So, so it's a it's an open space for them to let out and share whatever they want to about their cases, about their lives or whatever we are discussing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yes, like, you know, in, in totality, if we see that we have like around 300 to 350 uh, students like per day who mm-hmm. attend our classes. And uh, at present, we have like uh, four peer fellows, uh, you know, uh, who are uh, with us. I mean, the thing is that, I mean, because of the COVID situation, since uh, mid-March, we have also not been going inside the prison. But till mid-March, yes, like we had four peer fellows and uh, per day we were like kind of uh, interacting with the 300 to 350 students. And how many classes do 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 each of you take in our day? So like how? Yeah, three set, yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, so there are three batches. One is in the morning, which is from 9.30 to 11. Then we have an afternoon batch, which is around uh, from 12 to 2. Then have we have an evening batch, which is from 2.30 or 3 to 4.30. Yeah. yeah. Depending so, on when they get their meals. So just adding over here, these batches also have been divided as... Uh, you know, the morning batch is uh, usually the first-timers who come inside the prison. Right. And uh, then the afternoon batches, uh, the inmates who've been there for uh, some time. And the evening batch is, uh, you know, inmates who have uh, again come back to the prison. So they yeah, re-offended and they've uh, mm-hmm. re-entered the prison again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so you have batches that are divided on the basis of both, you know, um, people who have just entered the prison, um, people who have been here for a while, and also in terms of literacy levels, I think you said, you know, those who are non-literate, those who are slightly literate, and those who are literate. So is there any other sort of factor that goes into deciding who goes in which classroom? We we usually don't, like, it's, it's, it's not that these rules are, like, rigid. These uh, okay. parameters, so parameters are rigid. Situation. Yeah, but okay. but yeah, we try we try to implement it. But other than that, there are students who wish to be part of our class sometimes, or who don't wish to be, to, who don't wish to sit in our class. Then they will move around and to explore a music class today. So so they will just shift there. So there's a like a very fluctuating class which would in in a day. So and they also like fixed. The students also have the freedom to sort of do that, right? So you know, if they want to take a music class today, and you know. Maybe tomorrow they want to take a different class. There, there's a lot of freedom in in those kinds of things, is there? 
Yes, I mean usually they have to enroll themselves uh, because right. every every organization have a set of curriculum which they wish to follow so that there's better impact. So they it's better if they enroll themselves and stay there for a month or two. But there are few students who who find their interest gradually in the prison who find time to settle in first and then they try to explore. So that's when they want to shift to other classes and we let that happen. Yeah. Okay. So that sounds very interesting. Um, the curriculum itself, and we will have some images that you have um shared with us. Um, you know that we we are very very grateful for that. Very interesting, and we want to share those with our audience. So after this, let's talk about the general population a little bit. Do you think the mindsets of people towards convicts and ex-convicts um uh, is it changing at all, or is is this this still this kind of attitude you know that they are dangerous they are unsafe they shouldn't be out in the world um so what do you have to say about that from your personal experience so yeah so we'll just start by saying that i mean uh when we talk about prisoners so they are basically like uh, divided into two so there would be one who are under trials who are uh, i mean they are still waiting i mean the trial is still going on and then there are convicts who have been sent, uh, sentenced or i mean you know i mean they have been proven guilty for the crime that uh, they had entered in for but uh, i mean what like usually like elena and i and most of us keep discussing is that once a person sets their foot inside the prison they are labeled as a prisoner forever and the entire attitude of uh, i mean generally the society and uh, even like others who are working uh, you know in the development sectors that there's very uh, minimum priority that's given you know for the welfare of the prisoners so i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't say that there has been no change but if you in a way compare it like uh, with other issues the change uh, has just begun so you know i mean especially like in our sector people have started talking about prisoners rights and uh, they have been like a few like uh, these mandela rules and the tokyo rules which talk about the dignity of the prisoners uh, the rights of the prisoners so all of that is happening you know at the national and international level but again the pri- uh, if you see from the priority perspective it's not as high as what we when we talk about education or when we're talking about child rights but then again the perception of the society i would say i think that is still in process because what we have seen from our you know from our experience is that once a prisoner comes out of the prison a many a times they do not like uh, even reveal that they were inside the prison due to the sheer fear of the stigma or the opportunities that would be taken away and also the society has this that you know if somebody has done crime or was involved in some anti social activity yeah. that person deserves punishment and they should yeah. be sent behind bars so yeah so elena would you like to add something here yeah i mean um, it's it's a prisoners and inmates are a neglected population worldwide yeah. and um, the whole concept of uh, prison uh which is seen as a correctional institution is is not something which is accepted by everyone i suppose like even if we call prison a correctional institution it does not behave as one um and people don't see this as one like what ex- like how exactly 
are we vouching that when a man or when when a person enters the prison what happens inside the prison yeah. because of which we can vouch that the person is not going to commit a crime again or won't go back to his previous right. life again so this is this is something which we need to focus on and just yeah. putting them behind bars or uh, is not going to help anyone and yeah. uh, like there has to be like a reformation process they are not from a different world prison is not a different world they are very much part of the society they will come out today or tomorrow so in order to make a society a better place we need to invest a lot inside the prison and there are research which says that every dollar spent on a prison education saves 4 to 5 dollars on on the right. cost of free incarceration yeah. right. i mean there's a strong relation between education and the commitment of um, of of any crime against women i mean any sort of correctional education improves inmates chances of not re- returning to to prison and that is why it is important to to redefine prison uh, as a concept which is theoretically done brilliantly but it has in, not in, reached in, in, uh, yeah. in yeah. practice it yeah. hasn't really happened i think uh, what yeah. you're saying is very very important um i think as a society we do need to move from a more punitive to reformative aspect i mean even though we say that we have in in our practices we have not really so if even our laws are punitive and then when a prisoner serves that time you know and they come out it seems that people's attitudes towards them continues to punish them for the rest of their lives and that is definitely yeah. something that we need to change that's very interesting so regarding these you know the, these educational programs i mean that can go a long way towards long term change for prisoners themselves um do you think the rest of india is also taking notice and coming up with similar curricula or are these currently these are very intermittent programs that are happening like for example your program and maybe a couple of other programs so there are a lot of organizations when i talk about uh, tihar itself there are a lot of organization and number of organizations are working for the reformation and uh, reformation of the prisoners so if not if not in the field of education per se like we are trying to do but there are uh, they do cover life skills there are organizations working for drug addiction or life uh, or skill education programs um so so there are some kind of correctional education programs that are being run by organizations around the world but like we in our capacity also have tried to reach out to a lot of organizations because we don't really wish to keep this curriculum to ourselves we want to get, let like give this exactly. away to as many inmates and prisons and possible so we have tried to reach out to prisons in punjab uh, where okay. and they are very eager to to have this uh, curriculum with their inmates we have tried to reach out to a very good organization in bombay called prayas is very old organization doing a wonderful yeah. job with inmates and right. uh, criminal justice system so we got an opportunity to talk with, talk with them and introduce our project so we are always eager to find collaborations uh, with organizations working in this field yeah so so efforts are being made to scale up this current curriculum you guys are constantly making efforts to scale it up 
and uh, yes. have it in as many places as possible. That's wonderful. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation. You know, my final question to you would be, you know, both Elena, Gauri, both of you. You know, what are your future plans in this area of work? What do you have planned, say, for five years from now? You know, what are you expecting? What are you expecting will come out of this? What will you be doing, say, five years from now? Gauri will definitely add a uh, talk about Munji. I mean, one of the things that we realize after taking classes inside is that so these are inmates who have who are behind bars, and our whole idea is to reduce recidivism rate and to reduce crime. So in order to reduce crime, we just want to prevent them from coming to prison. So we want to start this whole. Uh, curriculum this whole engagement from the community level itself so we have recognized those communities where crime propensity rates are pretty high from those communities where the uh, the inmates come usually and often and uh, and so we want to tap on to those communities in school introduce our curriculum talk about crime against women talk about the legal aspect and uh, prevent young adults from committing such crime because a lot of them also end up committing crime because they were unaware that they were doing that or they right. were uh, so so we want to prevent them from getting into any such activity and inform them about uh, such yeah such crimes yeah but that's one and gori you can talk about kunji i would definitely uh, like to hear about kunji a little bit more so we are taking this ahead uh, and discussing about kunji like how we've already mentioned it's a post release uh, booklet which uh, we are trying to convert it into a helpline and this was like another colleague of ours called tabish who actually started with this thing that he was interacting with the released prisoners and uh, they started sharing the challenges the areas in which they face challenges such as mental health and legal aid employment and so on so entire uh, idea you know was then like uh, formed into a booklet which is now getting converted into a helpline and in this we are trying to get in like uh, a lot of organizations who are working in these different different themes so a yes the future plan is that we already have a first draft of our booklet and right now we are in the process of you know uh, designing our helpline uh, we want to like launch it as uh, soon as possible because because uh, we have seen that in the recent times also especially now like during this entire covid situation the there have been like 3600 inmates who got released uh, from the delhi prison but in the recent report it's been coming that there have been like you know a significant population which is getting rearrested so now we are one needs to understand that why are they getting rearrested is because of the lack of opportunities so and we feel somewhere uh, this kunji the helpline is uh, going to like provide them that support also when we are talking about you know building awareness in the society so we are trying to get in a lot of organizations to come in to support us and to support these uh, release prisoners so this way we are interacting with a lot of people we are reaching out to a lot of people so this is our immediate plan and then if you are talking about say 2 uh, years or 5 years down the line we want to definitely scale this up uh, and we want to take it to different different states so that we can reach out to maximum number of release prisoners and 5 years down the line i'm really hoping that you know there will be some sort of a change a positive change where the society 
as well as uh, you know uh, different csos will start accepting release prisoners and understand that everyone who goes inside the prison is not a criminal you know there are certain acts which happen due to situation and every under trial is not has not done a criminal offense you know and we cannot label them as criminals so yeah so probably 5 years down the line say like we have these sustainable development goals i think with uh, our efforts and the other organizations who are working in the area of prison we guys will be able to you know bring about the importance of prison and prisoners in those sustainable development goals so yeah so this is like our vision in the coming years yeah. all right uh, that sounds amazing best of luck to you guys and definitely follow your work and you know you're doing amazing work and we we would love to follow your work help out in any way and you know i would like to ask our audience as well to reach out if they can collaborate help participate in any way at all thank you so much for doing this for us it's been it's a wonderful opportunity for us it's it's a very important discussion that i think we we have had today a discussion that needs to go forward so thank you so much